five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Email marketing and people thought we were clueless. Um, we could measure everything. And people, whatever numbers we brought back, which were off the charts, they would say, well, that's not enough. I said, well, what's the, uh, what are the numbers on your TV ads that you're running? Because you spent more in TV in the last hour than we're asking you to spend this year. Well, we don't measure TV because you can't. Oh, exactly. So just because you can measure something doesn't mean you should because you might not be measuring the right thing. Uh, a fairly well-known company just sold for $12 billion. And one of the ways they got that exit was by sponsoring every podcast they could get their hands on for three years. And there was no useful attribution in that because no one who's driving their car or working out at the gym is going to stop what they're doing and start typing in an attribution code. I would say the same thing about most digital ads. Direct marketing, which is measured and you can look at your attributions, was brand marketing. What is your story? What do you stand for? And it's that posture, that posture that comes from confidence and generosity. That's what makes brands for the future. It's what built brands of the past. And just because some people are having the short term success with spending a dollar and making two, not steady it doesn't it doesn't scale <clears throat> now i would argue that the big difference between uh long-term brand building and short-term uh, promotion is the time frame window <clears throat> so you can have a long time frame window you know i used to do projections in a five-year window and we would look at retention across a five-year window and you can look at it longer um if you're doing that you have a pretty good idea if you're building the brand it doesn't, it doesn't negate measurement. Plus, if all you want to do is build a brand, okay, so let's say you do all the podcasts you can get your hands on. I would say that's a really stupid strategy. You know, they made $12 billion, so they're smarter than I am. But as a marketing strategy, the strategy should be to do a lot of podcasts. I'm, I'm okay if they spend 95% of their money on podcasts, but then do something else. Do something to create a baseline, to create a contrast, to see if the long-term retention or the downstream profitability is better with some alternative. Always have an alternative. Always don't just measure. See, this is the fallacy. He's talking about measurement. Well, measurement is almost worthless because, you know, it's like saying, well, uh, who's the best world's best golfer today? Okay. Who's the best world's, world's best golfer tomorrow? I mean, what what you need to do to make to to figure that out is have golfers play each other over and over and that makes sense and you say well there's the world golf ranking yeah exactly the world golf ranking doesn't measure who shoots the lowest score today it measures who wins the tournaments <laughs> who wins head to head so always have alternatives so and and to think that somehow what 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 are you suggesting here that we not measure that somehow not measuring means you're building a brand that doesn't follow at all Right. Plus, you know, like the catalogers I've worked with, we've done a tremendous amount of brand building. You know, if you look at Land's End, I think I have a Land's End catalog here. I don't see it, but I do have um, I do have a Vermont country store. Excellent brand building all the time. They're always building brand. They're always giving you this idea of, you know, country and and tradition and uh, nostalgia. I mean, look at that. Look at that Santa Claus. I mean, it's, it's perfect. So there's no reason that you can't do you can't do measurement with brand building. 
And at the end of the day, was there was there was there any impact to the podcasts? Just because they sold for twelve billion, could they have sold for twenty billion? Nobody knows. So it's just ugh, I get so tired of this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, if we stop measuring, then we're building a brand. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't make a bit of sense. Okay. Give me a thumbs up if that if what I'm saying makes any sense. But anyway, there's all these gurus and they always know more and you know it's Good luck with that. Okay, so now we've got Nielsen coming out with a new tool that predicts who's watching cable TV. And what they do, I guess, is they, well, they have an example, so I don't have to guess. They look at who, they look at what's playing. So let's say it's a Packer game. Okay, well, if it's a Packer game, obviously it's this guy. You know, and the example they give is for some some action-adventure show. And they say, well, if it's an action-adventure show, then clearly, real-time, we know it's the 35-year-old male. Because So we'll show car ads instead of yogurt ads. In our household, I'm the one who likes the rom-coms. My wife likes the action-adventure shoot-em-up murder mystery shows. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And how do you verify that Nielsen is right? And that's what this article is full of questions like that. There's one sensible thing in the whole thing. It was by John, no, by Stephen Strong. And he says, as with any new launch, there's going to be questions of validity and accuracy. <laughs> Moving from household to individual users on cable TV is important. Companies like True T-Vision have had products that distinguish who's actually watching. <laughs> now, as I've said before, you want another media to test direct mail goes to the household we know it gets delivered it's not like the tv is just on right it's that someone has to look at it but we know that the post office delivers it okay i mean most of tv is is streaming to the world and no one's got the tv on or if they got the tv on it doesn't have the channel on right so most of broadcast is unwatched most of digital is unwatched Okay, but mail, we know it gets delivered to the household. We know it piles up. So somebody has to engage with it, and it has to be a decision maker. Because you can't just let your kids throw the mail away. They don't know what's important and what isn't, right? Obviously, right? Right? So, oh, my goodness. Anyway, so they're, 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 they're guessing who's watching TV, and then they're claiming to be predicting who's watching TV. I get so tired of the predictive modelers' claims. Okay, here's a good claim from Ray Schultz, my friend Ray. Ray says, here's this new product, EasyWriter, that can write emails, ads, and books. And this is just a stock photo or something. Uh, it's a startup called AI Ecosphere. They're always startups. You know, I've gone against so many startups that disappeared in another two years. They get a bunch of funding from people who don't know any better, and they do a lot of advertising, and they make a lot of claims, and everybody in the press laps it up like, mm-mm-mm-mm, mm, mm, and uh, then they're gone. They disappear without a trace. Okay, but anyway, uh, they argue that this that, that Satellite Blogger can generate product descriptions and ads based on keywords. Now, I know an... I know a copywriter that basically does write write blogs and press releases and things that deliberately have keywords that they want to they want to capture. And so instead of SEO with Google, they do they do content that sh is shaped by the keywords that they're looking for. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think 
perhaps you know the, an AI writer could do that. I have a friend who writes, who uses an AI writer, and it comes. Some of the stuff comes out so funny you can't you can't even stand it. But um, but on the other hand, about ninety percent of the products I look at, whether it be Amazon or or their own websites, Walmart, Home Depot, Menards. When I look up a product, it rarely contains all the elements that I need to make a to make a buying decision. They really don't think they need to. They think that just because we don't tell you the dimensions, just because there's no size referent in the in the image that we put up, that's a stock pull from the manufacturer with, you know, <laughs> with drop-in shadows and and backgrounds blocked out, just because I can't tell how big it, it is or what dimensions it is or anything about it or options or the price even amazon's toy catalog no prices no basically nothing not even in for the most part i don't think even qr codes that went directly to the product if that's what we're comparing this ai product to i think it can beat the socks off most copy because most most merchants don't give me what they need what i need I spent five years off and on looking for a refrigerator that would fit my house. I really didn't want to blow the wall out because the refrigerators have gotten bigger. We were, we're our family was getting smaller. <laughs> and finally, I found a site that gave me the all the dimensions I needed to see if it would fit. And it does fit, but barely, you know, just barely squeezed it in there. Um, but it was the first time I could even buy a refrigerator. I'm not going to buy a whole refrigerator and then try to figure it and then realize that I have to cut the counters out or some wall out or something like that. So, so I would say, you know, this thing offers the capability of multiple languages. Um, you know, get, get, get me the, the main dimensions, get me the main benefits, get me the, the price, <laughs> the quantity breaks, basics. If you got that consistently, and it, and it isn't really a, a copywriter that does that. It's a, it's a very mechanical process. So I think hmm, probably can do it. Now, beyond that, if you incorporated this with direct marketing, this is an idea from Scott Adams. He said, you know, how do we know that, uh, that AI can't do art? Or can't do, you know, all you have to do is split test it. He's big on split testing. And I love that about Scott. Um, I better write him and tell him I talked about him again. Uh, so, and he always writes back. He's very, very gracious. Um, so he says, okay, so let's let the copywriter write the copy. And let's let the AI write the copy and see which one wins. Now the problem with that is if you put it on digital advertising, then the, then a, then another bot is picking who advertises next to the next to the article, and another bot is is and other bots are coming to the, the thing and giving you lots of views, and some are giving you click-throughs, and so it's very very difficult. You may want to look at the actual buyers because that kind of sh that kind of sifts and winnows the buyers from the from from the bots. Bots versus buyer. Bots versus buyers is buying. You can put that down. Okay, and here's the article that Ray suggests. There's the press release. May have been written by the AI little the AI being. One of the things I think is best is that obviously they knew to put a place for name, but the bot put in name. The bot took it literally. I think that is because the bot wrote it.
Anyway, I've got a great article for tomorrow. Uh, it's by Jeff by by Jeff Terran at Gunderson, but it's too great to go to now. So you have to tune in tomorrow. Like and share. Comment. I'd like you to comment, especially on that first one, which, in my opinion, is a absolute disaster. Have a great day. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.